Hi, this is Ken Blanchard. Welcome to the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast, where my friend and colleague, Chad Gordon, interviews experts helping support our vision of leaders powered for good. If that's your mission too, I know you'll be inspired by what you hear. I'll be back at the end to share what I've learned. Enjoy this episode of the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Ken Blanchard, Randy Conley, welcome back to the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Gentlemen, how are you doing today? It's great to be with you, Chad. You're always ready to go and got great <laughs> questions and it's fun, don't you think, Randy? Yeah, I think it's a good day to have a good day. Yeah, I, I love it. We're, 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 you're back. You're we're back. back. This companion uh, book, the follow-up, uh, the Simple Truths of Leadership Playbook. Ken, why, 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 why the energy around around this? Uh, you, you obviously you shared. You had a lot more to say. Well, I think the big reason, uh, uh, Chad, is that so often people get excited about concepts and then they don't do anything with them. And uh, we thought we would help them have a plan. And so this playbook is, you know, 52 days on how you can take one of the simple truths and put it into action. And so uh, for somebody who's excited and wants to use this to make a difference in their lives and the lives of people around them, wow, this playbook's helpful. Isn't that why we did it, Randy? Yeah, it sure is. Ken's talked for years about, you know, people getting excited about whatever he writes about in his latest book. And he he would often ask people, so what have you been doing to implement the stuff from my previous book, right? And so, as Ken said, this is really a, a DIY manual, a do-it-yourself manual that uh, if you're serious about becoming a trusted servant leader, we give you an action plan. We give you a game plan over 52 weeks to really help you uh, develop and achieve that goal. Well, let's dig into it. Let's go through this. Uh, we're obviously not going to go through all of it. People have to pick up the book to do that. But Ken, when you think about uh, some of your favorite ones here, some of the the favorite simple truths, what are the ones that you have a lot of energy around? Well, the first one is I always have a lot of energy around, which is the key to developing people is to catch them doing something right and to accent the positive. Because so often when people see their supervisor or their boss coming they want to hide because they think they've done something wrong. And uh, if we would get much more in the habit of catching people doing things right and accenting the positive, we could create an environment uh, that everybody can win. And Ken, why do you think that's such a hard thing for people to do that, that, that catching people doing things right? Is, is it, is there this, this, concern by leaders and managers that if they praise too much, they'll be selling. Why do you think that's such a a stretch sometimes for leaders? Well, I think a couple of things. One is they probably never experienced it themselves. Mm. Uh, So they weren't caught doing a lot of things right when they were young by their parents and and on jobs and all. So they don't have a lot of practice. And the other thing is that sometimes uh, people think that uh, the way I can really show I'm the boss is make people, you know, suck up the hierarchy uh, and uh, look to me uh, for all the great ideas rather than realizing that great leaders are servant leaders where you realize we're in this thing together. 
All right. So I'm going to ask you one last question about the, the catching people doing things right. How do you work that into your day? What would you do? How would you coach someone to make that a part of your ongoing leadership style? Well, I think, first of all, you need to uh, have a sense of what people are doing. In other words, you want to make sure that the goals you set with your people are observable and measurable. And so you and they can both see how well they're doing. And when you observe that they're making progress, then go see them and cheer them on uh, and catch them doing something right. All right. High involvement. Be there. Know your people. Know what they're working on. It's kind of that no duh we've talked about before, Ken, but I like it. Randy, let's pivot over to you. What's what's one of your favorite simple truths? One of my favorite is simple truth number 29. And we borrowed a quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson, and that is self-trust is the first secret of success. And when we talk about self-trust, what Ken and I are saying is that trusted servant leaders really have a confident belief in their mission and their purpose. They know what they're trying to achieve through their leadership influence. And in the workbook, one of the activities that we give people is an outline for creating their own leadership point of view. And we lovingly call that the LPOV, your leadership point of view. And the LPOV process is one of the most powerful processes we use with our clients to help leaders really discover the why behind their leadership. Why do they want to lead people? What do they expect from people? What do they expect from themselves? And so the workbook gives an outline for someone to walk through creating their own leadership point of view. And I found in my own leadership journey that once I became more clear on my purpose for being a leader, it sort of uh, took some pressure off of me. It, it sort of just really honed in my focus of, of why I'm doing what I'm doing. And it really, really helped me connect with people on a more authentic, uh, you know, heart-based approach. Uh, because we, we find that so many leaders, you know, lead from the head which is important and necessary, right? Um, but when you can when you compare leading from the head with leading from the heart, you know, that's when you really unlock the magic of being a trusted servant leader. So self-trust is the first secret of success. That's one of my favorite ones. It was so eye-opening for me as well. I remember the first time I went through and 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 put through, put together my leadership point of view. And Randy, it 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 reminds me of of some feedback I've heard about people when they they talk about self-trust and some of the challenges and barriers. It's around that whole idea of the imposter syndrome, right? Mm -hmm. You know, do do they believe enough in themselves as a leader? Should they actually be in front of the room? Should they have this role they have? How how do you how do you um, work with people to help them overcome that so that they actually believe more in themselves and what they bring to the table? Yeah. One thing is what you just demonstrated, Chad, and that's talking about the elephant in the room. Every single one of us deal with imposter syndrome. You know, all of us at some level uh, question, am I, am I really good enough for this role? You know, have I achieved enough? Am I worthy of this? And just by admitting that and talking about that, it shows shows a little bit of humility. And I think it uh, gives us permission to be a little more authentic. 
And then the other thing that I think about to help people with that is connecting with their values, which is all part of the leadership point of view process, really giving some intentional thought to what your values are as a leader, because our behaviors are driven by our values. Whether we have explicitly identified our values or not, if we look at our behaviors and we can sort of reverse engineer it, we act in ways that demonstrate what we value. And so when you can sort of go backwards, identify your values, you have much more clarity on how you want to show up for people, how you want to influence people, and it it really helps you um, be a better leader. Ken, what would you add when it comes to the value of self-trust? Well, uh, Randy talked about humility, which I think is so powerful. And a lot of people think that's a weakness, you know, but I think it was C.S. Lewis that said people with humility don't think less of themselves. They just think about themselves less. And uh, so that I think that uh, what we really need to constantly do is to realize that God didn't make any junk uh, that we all have some really good capabilities that we can share with everybody, but we don't have everything. And that when we work with our people, it should be about we, not me. Uh, and how can we do these things together? In one of the chapters in the book, it talks about it's okay to toot your own horn. And, and there are many reasons why people might feel sheepish maybe they were raised a certain way that not to get too big for their britches that's a actual term that i've heard from my aunts and uncles growing up you know people don't want to seem like oh i I want to take all the uh, attention or some people are just uh, embarrassed about having the limelight but where why do you say it's okay for people uh to toot their own horn yeah well i think it's it's sharing with your people that you think you're all right too uh and so are they and, but when you're tuning your own horn, you're not sort of saying, look at me, I'm just so fabulous. Just say, I bring some strengths to this party, just like you do. And I'd like to share those strengths and then see how they might uh, help uh, us as we move forward. And then I'd like to hear about your strengths too. And so that uh, people need to get comfortable with realizing that, uh, that they're okay. Uh, they don't have all the answers, but they got some of them. Randy? What would you add to that? Well, one of the other concepts that Ken and I talk about is uh, when things are going well, servant leaders look out the window and they give the praise and the kudos to their team because they're the ones that are doing the work. But when things are not going so well, servant leaders look in the mirror and they self-reflect and they think about what could they have done differently to set their team up for success. So when we say it's okay to toot your horn every once in a while, we're not saying it's a selfish, prideful, you know, bragging uh, act. It's it's really, as Ken said, acknowledging your own self-worth and your contribution to the team, but doing that in light of what your team accomplishes, uh, because it is about we, it's not about me as a servant leader. And that's You know, I think, Ken, that reminds me of both one of our favorite simple truths from our friend Rick Warren. It's not about you. Yeah, well, Rick Warren is one of my favorite uh, people. And I think that's saying about it's not about you. It's just so 
powerful because then it focuses back on what I said earlier. It's about we, not not me. And if you get the focus off of you, it's having all the brains and having all the good ideas and work with your people and together uh, come up with the best thinking you can. Wow, that's really, uh, really powerful stuff. So uh, I think Rick is so on to it's, it's, it's not about me, it's about we and how do we work together. Randy, what's another one of your favorite simple truths that, uh, that you put into this book? Another one of mine is number 30, someone must make the first move to extend trust. Leaders go first. And uh, that's one of my favorites because I've found that many leaders think that just by virtue of their title or position, that that means they're automatically trusted by their team. And the reality is, is that that's not the case. Leaders need to earn the trust of their team. And they do that paradoxically by first extending trust to their team. And that takes a little risk. And that's a fundamental truth about trust is that if there's no risk involved, then there's no need for trust. But if we're risking our money, our time, our energy, our love, you know, anything, putting that in someone else's lap, we're trusting them to then reciprocate. And so leaders, uh, we believe, really have to make the first move by extending trust to their team, showing that they have belief in their team, and the team will reward them with more trust. They'll send it back to you. Uh, it's the old reap what you sow principle at work with trust. I have to say, I, I always appreciate the simplicity. And I mean that in a, in a complimentary way, Ken. I just love the simplicity of the the books that you put pen to paper on because it they're actionable. And the great thing about this book, which again is a follow-up to the original Simple Truths of, of Leadership, this is Central Simple Truths of Leadership Playbook. Ken, this is really designed. This is designed for this is this is to shape the next year of your life. And so I mean that's one of the goals here is for people to take the ideas in this book, take one idea a week, do some damage in a positive way, mm-hmm. and move forward. That that's really the hope here, isn't it? That's right. And and share the book with your people so you're working through it together. Uh, and so that's the, that's the really important uh, thing. And, and uh, so these simple truths are really powerful. And, and uh, one of my favorite ones, of course, is uh, about SL2, our situational approach to effective leadership, is that we need different strokes for different folks. And then we also, another simple truth is you need uh, different strokes for the same folks on different parts of their job. So uh, what you're doing there is you're giving people what they need to be successful. And when you're there for them, then they're there for you. You know, it, it, leadership definitely is the journey and not a destination. We never quite ever get there. I think there's times we feel like we, we made it, made a big impact. There's times where we probably feel like we failed miserably. It just depends on the circumstances, but it's an ongoing process. Randy, I, I'd love to ask you this question. What, what have you learned being able to sit side by side with Ken and putting these, these ideas into a book or two? Well, uh, one is I'm just so uh, amazed at Ken's spirit of generosity 
Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if I know anyone more generous than Ken, uh, both um, with his time, with his love, with his energy. Uh, he's just very giving in so many ways. And so I've benefited from that personally and professionally. I know you have, Chad, so many people that have come in to contact with Ken have, have benefited from his generosity. And it his generosity reminds me of one of the other simple truths that's really important, and that's um, number 21. And that simple truth says, servant leaders don't command people to obey, they invite people to follow. And, you know, Ken has taught for years that leadership is a partnership. It's not something you do to people. It's something you do with people. And this idea of choice is so important in our world today that people have a choice whether or not to follow you as a leader. You can't command or force people to follow you. Although many leaders think that they still can, right? Just by using the power of the hierarchy, the organization, you know, the, the old uh, Theory X, you know, stuff going way back decades, Ken, to uh, when you were an early student of leadership, right? Sort of the power of, of the carrot and the stick, you know? Um, people have a choice. And... Trusted servant leaders realize that, and they invite people to follow. And when you invite someone to do something, you're giving them the choice. And when they make that choice to follow you, they are so much more invested because it's their choice. They weren't coerced into following you. Uh, they weren't required. Um, and so... Servant leaders really understand that it's an invitation to people. And that begins with, it doesn't begin, it's it's woven through the entire philosophy of it's not about you. It's we, not me, you know, um, that we talk about in our Simple Truths book. So these are all simple truths that all fit together like just a wonderful jigsaw puzzle. Right. Independently, one doesn't do it, but you put them all together. And you've got a really solid plan. Ken, when you think about the idea of, of uh, followership and creating that in your people, what are some strategies that you recommend to get people to see things in a different way where they want to follow you up that hill versus, as as uh, Randy said, you know, have have a stick or a carrot lead you that way? Well, I think it's it's about reaching out to them and saying, we're in this together. I can't do this alone. I'm not going to climb this mountain by myself. But together, we can really make a difference. And that's what I want us to understand, that one plus one is a lot greater than two. And and uh, and I love uh, the, the concept that Don Carew and Eunice Parisi Carew developed years ago about none of us is as smart as all of us. Uh, and I think that's a really good thing to pull everything together for people. Ken, what's another one of your favorite simple truths? One of the ones that you would say could be more impactful than others if you really focused here. Well, another one is that all good performance starts with clear goals. And we've kind of talked a little bit about that, but, uh, if uh, 
people are going to be successful, they got to know what the goal is and what we're trying to accomplish. And uh, so with a one minute manager, what's the first secret? One minute goal setting. And then once the goals are clear, then you can wander around and catch people doing things right and give them a one minute praising. And then if they uh, are a little off on a particular area, you can give them one, one minute redirect. We changed that from the one minute reprimand, which was initially the thought, but redirect is much more of a collaborative uh, concept. Randy, when you look at all of these different simple truths, are there some that are more, I don't want to say more minefieldish, more like, oh, be careful when you step over here. Is there is there some that have higher stakes that you would focus on? Yeah, there definitely are. You know, I think um, one is uh, simple truth number 45. And before I read the simple truth, I want to ask you a question, Chad. It's a question that I ask uh, lots of folks when I'm working with them. And you're probably saying, hey, wait, aren't I the one doing the interview here in this podcast? Why are you asking me questions? But I'm going to turn the tables on you. When you think of the opposite of trust, what do you think of? Dishonesty, inauthenticity, um, deceit. Yeah, yeah, that's very common, right? Most people think of those things or they think, well, what's the opposite of trust? Well, it must be distrust, right? Or mistrust or, or like some of the things that you said. Really, the opposite of trust is control. And so simple truth number 45 states that the opposite of trust is not distrust, it's control. And that can be a minefield because people often say to me, well, wait, like, isn't it the leader's job or the manager's job to sort of control what's going on, right? You know, I mean, they're the supervisor or we're the supervisor. And I encourage people to sort of take a step back and think about that. The reason control is the opposite of trust is something that we mentioned a few minutes ago. Trust requires risk. Whenever you extend trust to someone, you are giving up a measure of control. You are taking a risk that the other person's going to do what they said, right? Follow through on their end of the bargain. And I've found that as a leader myself and other leaders I work with, when we can get beyond that need for control, loosen up control a little bit, we actually gain more in return. Instead of holding on so tight, we let go of control, which gives other people the opportunity to really step up and flourish, to take uh their own control, the word empowerment, right? Giving power to empowering others. It allows them to really step into their brilliance as a leader. So that's a minefield. You know, you got to be careful with that one. But if you're willing to take the risk and give up control, there's a whole lot of reward in store for you. Randy, you put a lot of energy and I thought well, you've, you've focused your career at this point on the 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 topic of trust your blanchard's trust leader practice leader why is that so important to you what do you hope to accomplish you know what are you hoping to bring to the world with with your research your your writing with your insights 
Trust is one of my core values. And I think really life as a whole is based on trust. You know, nothing happens in our life, in our world, without some element of trust being present. You know, whether you look at global commerce, right? Individual relationships and everything in between is all based on trust. Trust plays a part. And you can look at the most ancient of stories, you know, going back to the Garden of Eden, you know, ancient stories of trust being violated and the results of that. And when people have trust in relationships, it really unlocks the potential for so much goodness. If we don't have trust in relationships, we're always um, swimming upstream, so to speak, right? We're always battling uh, the elements around us. We're always trying to maneuver and we're into self-protection and playing games and manipulating people. But when we have trust, we have wholeness, we have goodness, we have life. And so that's why I do what I do, because um, it's just such an empowering life force that unlocks so many other great potential in our, our human capabilities. I think Randy really has got something uh, important there. You know, I mean, I've had a lot of co-authors over the years uh, and uh, Randy's probably the best I've ever had because I would completely trust him that he's in this for we, not for himself. And how can we help people really be trusted servant leaders? And what can we do separately and together on that? And so it's a mutual trust uh, game. And I think that's what you want when you have a working relationship with someone else. And I wanted to pose a kind of a big question. I've had you on, on, a, on the podcast. You, you close out all of the leader chat podcasts. I've been able to interview many of times. I've never asked you this question point blank, but as you think about the fact that you're on, I would say, well, I know for a fact, tens of millions of bookshelves <laughs> across the world, you've impacted so many lives in the business world, in the academic world. You've, uh, you've put pen to paper on so many books, you know, uh, just the legacy of that. What would you say, Ken, is how do you want your legacy to be defined? How, how, how as, as you keep going and turn out more books, you've got so much more to say, but what is it that you want people to know about what you've tried to bring to the world? Well, I tell people my real goal in life is to get the BS out of the behavioral sciences and make what we know about people come alive. <laughs> and so I, I'd love people to look at me and I said, man, he was the guy that really took the BS out of the behavioral sciences. <laughs> I love that, is, that. that is so classic, Ken. <laughs> it so is. It really is. The BS out of behavioral sciences. And, and that's... Uh, Ken is a man without guile. You know, there, there's no pretenses with Ken. You you get what you see. And it's, uh, you know, I, I tell, he he's told me a few times this, you know, his favorite co-author thing. And I'm like, Ken, you've got to be careful with that. I mean, you've, you know, that, that, that's big stuff there. You've written a lot of books with a lot of brilliant people. And so let's just keep that between you and I, you know, we'll, we'll just, I love it. Well, gents, we've got time for just a couple more questions. And this is a, a favorite question I like to ask of all of the amazingly brilliant and 
insightful people that, uh, that I've been lucky enough to talk to on the Leader Chat podcast. I'm going to start with you, Randy. What is the one thing that you would like our listeners today to take away from our conversation? Mm. One thing, take a chance on trust. That's what I would say is take a chance on trust. Many of us have had uh, not the best role models, you know, a lot of times in in seeing what trustworthy leadership looks like, whether it's, uh, you know, home experiences or career experiences. But to borrow, you know, Gandhi's quote about being the change you want to see in the world, I like to say, be the trust that you want to see in the world. So take a chance on trust, you know, take that risk, muster up the courage, extend trust to someone else, even if it's just a little baby step, take that risk and, and you'll see it come back to you uh, many times over if you're willing to do that. Ken, pose the same question to you. What is the one thing that you want all of our wonderful listeners to to take away from our conversation today? Well, the big thing for me is that effective leadership is about we, not me. It's about uh, realizing that with the people around you, you can accomplish a lot. But if you think that all the brains in your office, you're going to be kind of lonely and the results are not going to be as good. But when you open the door and say, we're in this thing together and we all have things to contribute and let's go together uh, and see what a difference we can make. So it's, uh, I'd go back and emphasize it's, it's we, not me. Wonderful. Randy Conley, Ken Blanchard, the book is called Simple Truths of Leadership Playbook. Congratulations on, on yet another really wonderful books out into the world. And gentlemen, thank you so much for taking some time and being a part of the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Thank you, Chad. We're good. Always good to be with you, Chad. Thank you, Randy. Thank you, Ken. Super excited about your new book. Thank you both for talking to us about it today. If you, the listener, would like to learn more about the concepts in the book, Ken and Randy will be guests on the Blanchard webinar on February 21st. It's free. And to register, just go to Blanchard's website, Blanchard.com. Click on the Resources tab at the top of the page, then click on Upcoming Webinars to register. I hope you'll be able to attend. If you want to take the learning even deeper, Randy will be hosting a monthly book club meeting to discuss different aspects of the playbook. The book club will be hosted in the free Blanchard community. It's super easy to become a member. Just go to BlanchardCommunity.com. Scroll down to the Join the Community button on the left, then head over to the Events page. You'll find more information on the book club and all kinds of resources to help you connect with other leaders in your field. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.